So today, um, we are looking at we are looking at the plague. The plague. The title is the plague. What it is and how to respond. The plague. What it is and how to respond. Thank you for posting the lyrics. The plague. The plague. What is a plague? And how do we respond? You know, is 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 it the first time that there's going to be a plague on Earth? You know, if it's not the first time, you know, it's not new. It's not special. There's no biggie. It's it's not desirable, but it's not new to mankind. You know, we 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 um. Are rattled because we in our generation maybe it's the first time we are seeing a global pandemic like this but if you're a student of history or or you're a student of the bible you know that it's actually not a biggie you know in the sense that it is not new it is not new there have been plagues and there will be plagues you know so what is a plague you know and how should we respond? What is a plague? And how should we respond? If you see how God deals with plagues in the past and how humanity has responded to plagues, you know, we, we will understand that um, we should not be afraid. We should, we should take precaution. We should be well positioned, but we should not be afraid. Oh no, 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 we should not be afraid. We should we should learn. Everyone is saying something. There's something we have to pay attention to. But we should not be afraid. Praise the name of the Lord. So what's a plague? So basically, a plague is an outbreak of disaster. A plague, I mean, this is my definition. I, I don't know. I've, um, I've checked all the different definitions. They are usually skewed in to disease or to, you know, some other specific kind of plagues. But, I mean, if you check scriptures and you, and you observe history, you know, a plague is an outbreak of disaster. The disaster could be, um, could be biological um, disaster, like, like we are currently... Um, experiencing in the world today. It could be a biological disaster. The plague could be um, it could be a natural disaster, for instance. It could be a natural disaster of, of creation. For instance, um, locusts. A plague of locusts. In fact, in East Africa, this same year, this same year, hundreds of billions, billions of locusts ravaged East Africa. Well, not 
nobody paid attention because it didn't, I mean, it doesn't concern us. You know, it didn't concern the West. It didn't concern West Africa. It didn't concern South Africa. It didn't concern, you know, so nobody paid attention to it. But, hey, hey, was there a signal from heaven? There was, but nobody paid attention to it. Now we have a biological disaster, biological plague rather, yeah, disaster that, that it's an outbreak and it's now impacting all the nations of the earth. Now everybody's paying attention. Everybody's paying attention. So a plague can be um, natural disaster, can be um, a biological disaster. A plague can be um, an heavenly, direct, heavenly sent disaster. Like what happened in Sodom and Gomorrah. It's a, it's a plague of fire that consumed the whole that consumed the whole um, city, if you will. Two cities, you know, consumed Sodom, Gomorrah, wiped off, you know, by brimstone. So, plagues can be from several sources, three main sources, you know. A plague can be from God, a plague can be from the enemy, from Satan, and, you know, <laughs> a plague can actually be from man. You know, look at Hiroshima was a, was a man-made plague, you know, the detonation of the atomic bomb, the nuclear weapon that was used in, on Japan. It was a plague. It was, a, it was an outbreak of disaster that was triggered by the United States of America. But it was triggered by the push of a button by a man. It was not the devil. It was not God. Now, I will show you how the whole thing works and ties together. And how at the end of the day, even man-made plagues, like the release of the nuclear bomb or biological warfare of different magnitude, done in Syria, I mean, on its, on, by, by the Syrian president on his own population, you know, or natural disaster or biological disaster, either from the devil, we'll see how everything works together. And if you open your Bibles with me to the book of Job, Job chapter 1, and I read from verse, Job 1, I read from verse 6 to 12. Job 1, 6 to 12. Job chapter 1, verses 6 to 12. Are we there? Okay. I read. It says, I read from the New King James Version of the Bible, from the NKJV. It says, Now there was a day when the sons of God came to present themselves before the Lord, and Satan also came among them. And the Lord said to Satan, From where do you come? So Satan answered the Lord and said, from going to and fro the earth. From going to and fro the earth. James put, tells us what he's doing. Looking for whom to devour. To and fro the earth. And walking back and forth of it. <laughs> if, and I pray that God will open your eyes to this scripture. It's huge. It's huge. Then the Lord said to Satan. Have you considered my servant Job, that there is none like him on the earth, blameless and an upright man, one who fears God and shuns evil? So Satan answered the Lord and said, 
Does God, does Job fear God for nothing? Have you not made a hedge around him and around his household and around all that he has on every side? So when I'm going to and fro, up and down, I can't even come near him. Is that not why he fears you? You have blessed the work of his hands and you have blessed the work of his hands and his possessions have increased in the land. But now, stretch forth your hand and touch all that he has and he will surely curse you to your face. And the Lord said to Satan, Behold, all that he has is in your power. Only do not lay your hands on his person. So Satan went out from the presence of God and brought what you can call a personal plague on Job. So, so there are personal plagues, there are local plagues, like we see in Sodom and Gomorrah, there are national plagues, like we see in, in Egypt, um, when they were struck with the, with the ten horrible plagues, and there is global plague, like we are seeing today, and we have seen in um, the, the Spanish flu and the other historical global plagues. Now, Job, and by the way, this book of Job was one of the books that we, we, we were never allowed to read as children. <laughs> if my grandmother catches you reading Job, oh, you will chop king, eh? your butts will be on fire, you know. Anyway, back to our story. So, so we see that God, even regardless, regardless of the plague. So we said plague can be from three sources, right? Can be from, from, from God, from Satan, from man. Now, regardless of the plague, regardless of the plague and regardless of the influence and the dexterity of the plague and the extent and the reach of the plague nothing happens without god nodding nothing nothing happens without god nodding nothing 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 happens without god knowing and allowing nothing. Now, if it's from him, obviously that's clear. Even if it's from Satan, it cannot. The Bible says that the fowl of the air, not one of them fall to the ground without God knowing. Not one. Not one bird dies. How much more human beings that are dying today? Not one. The ears of your head. Many of us, we shed our air every day. You don't even know you shed your air. You comb your air, you shed your air. You are sleeping, you check your pillow, you see that you've shed your air. God says not one strand can shed without me knowing. Not one strand. That's how detailed God is. He's at the center of it all. He's at the center of, the, of it all. So, so in this personal play, we see that Job... was oblivious of what was going on. And I dare say, if Job had the benefit, because Job lived before Abraham, 
If Job had the benefit of reading the Bible that we have today, Job would have responded better. So you don't have an excuse. We don't have an excuse. We can see their examples. We can see the examples. So God is saying through his word clearly to us that nothing, nothing, absolutely nothing happens without my clearance. Nothing happens without my clearance. So, okay, check. Is it from God? Is it from the devil? Is it from man? There have been all sorts of conspiracy theories out there. <laughs> but, you know, this is the work of Illuminati. You know, <laughs> have you heard that crap? You know, you know, um, oh, China set this up. It's a chess game. China set it up so that when they recover the, the world economy, the world economy would would be in decline so they can buy all these stocks you know and and all that we even have some scientific um, um conspiracy theories that that tell us that every time there's an increase in the flux of radio waves on it and that makes sense really but you know it's still not fully founded that every time there's a there's a full influx of radio waves on earth that a plague breaks breaks out and he talks about after the world war one how the spanish flu and now 5g you know um and the epicenter of 5g is uh, wuhan i mean i don't know if you know if you knew that you know in in china you know and it's one of the first cities that was totally covered you know and then the outbreak you know and all that well not fully founded there's some there may be some truth to that but i don't know but the key thing is, regardless of the source, God is in control. And how people have responded and respond today is it's, it's unprecedented. You know, so we've seen Christians responding different ways. Some people are losing their faith. Some people are beginning to say, Oh, what am I a Christian for? You know, and it's so unfortunate because when the enemy strikes, Satan, speaking to Job's wife, said to Job, curse God and die. Curse God and die. Why are you still holding on to your integrity? Why are you still holding on to God? Christians are getting a lot of, you know, backlash, you know, um, even at this time. The enemies of the church, and unfortunately some Christians have lent their mouths to the enemies of the church. They are, oh, this is the end of the church. Oh. Uh, you know, you know, you know the the people that my grandmother would call Okbonu, you know, Okbonu. <laughs> you know, it, it shows that they are daft. You know, any small knowledge of history will tell you that the church cannot be stampeded. It the church has undergone unbelievable, unbelievable assault, and it's it is still the strongest institution on earth today. Why? Because the owner of the church is not human. It's spirit. It's spirit. You can't catch him. You know? <laughs> and when he went, he released his spirit on everybody. Just like the problem we have with Corona today is because we can't see it. We can't catch it. But the father of all spirit, the spirit of all spirit, 
we arrest corona of course easily when it's time you just lock it up in a box and put it in one corner <laughs> you know it's, un it's, un it's, un it's unfortunate that people that lack thoughts that lack depth jump on every band bandwagon any opportunity to accuse the church and to and to spite the church oh uh, they are there you know <laughs> you know however you know is it the pastor why you say no money is that not too hard check the bible says the fool has said in his heart there is no god what's the vision of of of, of Okonu? daft senseless fool you know so what am i saying the pressure the pressure that we are feeling and this is top secret top secret i'm telling you i mean this is classified information i'm about to give you are you ready for it the pressure we are feeling the pressure we are feeling the purpose are you ready is to bring out the best in you that's what it is for is to bring out the best you see you've heard me say that this is the finest hour of the church if the church responds the way it should i know yeah unfortunately you know some churches have 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 not responded properly you know you know but i'm not going to you know talk about that you know <laughs> you know the, we shut our door we lock our keys you know the church is closed gospel house will never be closed never we will not gather in 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 in, in thousands but will never be closed. Anyone that needs help, that needs to be prayed for, can always come to church. Our doors remain open. Our doors remain open. Oh, is there a time limit to this thing? Uh, Instagram says it's shutting down in 16 seconds. Uh, 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5. Four, three, two, one. Okay, <clears throat> so I guess we we'll just start another one. I mean, they cannot arrest us for that one now. So let's start another one. Cool. So yeah. Instagram had a time, I didn't know it had a time limit, so it's gone off. So, I mean, we've started another one. They cannot arrest us for that. So if this one finishes, we start another one again. <laughs> Praise God. So, I, I was saying that we, the whole crisis, is to bring out the best in us the whole crisis is to bring out the best in the church the whole crisis is to bring out the best from us this whole crisis <clears throat> is to bring out the best from the church so you know people have been responding in funny ways we should also be careful because and, and be attentive because your response actually you shouldn't be disappointed um, at people's responses because your response just shows what is already inside of you. You already have 
if you are responding in a very crappy way, you already have the crap in you. This pressure is just exposing it. So it may be time to quickly repent and cleanse yourself of all the filth and realign as we are going to see now. This, this whole pandemic is to bring the best out of the child of God. If you're really a child of God, this is your finest hour. Believe me. And I'm going to explain it. I hope I have enough time to unpack it. You know, because we we want to we want to stop at um in in one hour. So that is at six at seven thirty. We want to stop at seven thirty. We'll try. I stop at seven thirty. But we'll see. <clears throat> so how do I respond? So we've talked about what is it, what this is. So now we are clear. If you are not, if you if you, if you are just joining us, I want to encourage you to to go and um watch from the beginning so we're talking about what <laughs> we're talking about what it is the play now how how are we to respond you know crunching it you know turning it around wrestling with it we can summarize how to respond in three ways. And I call it PPE. I always say PPE. <laughs> PPE. So the first P, how to respond, is to pivot as a people, as individuals, as a Christian, as a family, as a church, as a nation, we have to pivot. But I can talk for the individual and the church. As, as an individual and as the church, we have to pivot. I will, I will unpack what that means in a bit. Then the second P is we have to prepare. We have to prepare. You have to pivot. You have to prepare. Then E, you have to engage. You have to pivot. You have to prepare. You have to engage. You have to pivot. You have to prepare. You have to engage. You have to pivot. You have to prepare. You have to engage. Everyone say pivot. Can I hear you say pivot? Say prepare. <laughs> prepare. Say engage. Now pivot. Again, I'm gonna unpack the three, give some time for questions and answers, you know, and um and we'll, we'll wrap it up from there. So what is it to pivot? You know? What is it to pivot? If you've played um, any sports, that most sports have some pivoting. So if you play soccer, if you want to, if you want to take a free kick, you know, you plant your leading leg, then you pivot on it and you hit the shot. If you are playing tennis, same thing. You you make your turn, you pivot. If you are playing golf, same thing. When you take your stance and you take your back swing, you pivot on your leading leg and you follow through um, on the shot. So to pivot is to change direction. You see, to pivot is to change, to swing on a door, to, to, to navigate your ship so that the, the wind, you are sailing with the wind. The, 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 the greatest, one of the greatest animals that pivots powerfully and is not, is not, is not obvious is the eagle. Is the eagle. When the eagle 
once is flying and he goes into the eye of the storm. The eagle pivots in a way that the wind comes under its wings. And because the, 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 the eagle has pivoted, the wind carries the eagle farther than the eagle will have gone when flapping. So when you pivot, you don't fight the waves. The surfers also do it. They, they paddle, paddle, then they pivot and they get on the wave. When you pivot, you don't... Like 10 <laughs> There's no pivot in 10 my friend. You know, is there? 10 is too easy now. Uh, there's no pivot in 10 There's no pivot in Ludo. There's... Uh, we are talking about real sports. We are talking about 10 Anyway. <clears throat> so the eagle... So when you pivot... The storm that is supposed to be for evil we actually now work in your favor. Ah, oh, I can't I can't spend one hour pivot. <laughs> I can't spend one hour pivot. The, 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 the storm that comes, that when the storm comes, what happens to the chicken? When the storm comes, what happens to the chicken? The chicken went, goes always find a corner to hide. What happens to the pigeons? The pigeons always find a corner. What happens to the doves? What happens to all the other birds? Everybody else hides. What happens to the eagle? The finest hours come. The eagle begins to gallop and flap and flap. And when the storm comes and it flies straight into the eye of the storm, it pivots and the wind comes under its wings and takes the eagle on flights that the eagle could never have achieved. You see, there are, if you're a child of God and you're listening to this, believe me, by this time this um, epidemic is over, if you listen carefully to God, you will come out a millionaire. <laughs> you know, when everybody, in fact, like, I'm, I don't want to get ahead of myself. Let's, let's just still be pivot. But that is, that would be the effect of pivot. You know, when, when, when everybody is in chaos, this is the best time for God's people. So the pivot puts the wind under your wings. So the pivot put the wind under your wings. So you are not the one that created the wind. You, you, you don't create the you don't create the move of God. You don't you don't create the waves. But you need to pivot to ride to ride the waves. You need to pivot to ride the waves. As a church, practically, we pivoted. The first thing we did is that we set up a pivot group. <laughs> you know, we set up a figure. Now this the pivot now begins to make sense to the people in the group. They didn't know what pivot meant. They were just a part of the pivot group. We set up a pivot group that we need to reposition ourselves as a church. And that's and that is where we why we switch to online five online services we we had we broke the number of attendance that we've had in recent times that is on a regular sunday not on the gwdi why because and that's just the beginning it's just the beginning because we pivoted we we switched to live groups you know 
while some people will say, oh, we are shutting down church, just stay in your homes, pray to God, God can hear your heart. You know, listen, you, God is wiser than man. God knows that there's a place for corporate togetherness, either online or physically. And there's a place for personal prayer. One cannot replace the other. I've heard some fools say that, oh, just pray to God in your house. That should be enough. That cannot be enough for the Christian. That cannot be enough. Okay, for a season, if, if there's a plague and you cannot, but God has made a way for us to meet and we're going to pivot. Praise the name of the Lord. Praise the name of the Lord. Good. So, don't think you cannot say hallelujah because I'm not there. Wait until you say hallelujah before I move on. <laughs> oh, hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Glory be to Jesus. So, so we pivot to ride the wave. This is a huge disruption. This is a huge disruption. We have to shine the brightest when it's darkest we light shines brightest when it's darkest you know at the beginning of the year god said to us this is the year of light the scriptures we focused on was isaiah 60 and if you read that isaiah 60 well it says darkness will cover the earth gross darkness the people but the glory of the lord shall arise upon you hallelujah hallelujah hallelujah, hallelujah. i feel like jumping So, <laughs> you know, we need to pivot and ride. We were made for this. You were made for this. You were made for this. This is not the time to, to, to begin to be afraid. You have to wake up in the morning, look at yourself in the mirror and say to yourself, You were made for this. Begin to receive instruction from heaven. Begin to receive ideas from heaven. Begin to see what people cannot see. Begin to hear the inaudible. Begin to see the invisible. Begin to access privileged information. We were made for this. We were made for this. So we need to pivot. If you read Exodus 12, 11 to 14, Exodus chapter 12, <clears throat> Exodus 12, 11 to 14. I mean, this is just beautiful stuff. Beautiful stuff. It says, and thus you shall eat it with a belt on your waist, your sandals on your feet, your staff in your hand, so shall you eat it in haste. It is the lost Passover. For I will pass through the land of Egypt that night. That was the peak of the plague of Egypt, national plague. And we strike all the firstborn in the land of Egypt, both man and beast. And against all the gods of Egypt, I will execute judgment. I am the Lord. Now the blood <clears throat> shall be a sign for you on the houses where you are. When I see the blood, I will pass over you. And the plague shall not be upon you to destroy you when I strike the land of Egypt. So this day shall be a memorial and you shall keep it as a feast to the Lord throughout your generations. You shall keep it as a feast by an everlasting ordinance. So that was plague 
And God was saying to his people, you need to pivot. You need to pivot. Destruction is coming. You see, what pivoting does is it, not, it does not only prepare you for the future, it protects you for the present. Pivoting protects you from the present. It may appear that the eagle is flying to his destruction, to the eye of the storm, but it's actually protected by it. It's actually protected by it. God says to the Jews, you are going to change. And this is how you are going to change. You are going to go in. You are going to stay in. You are going to stay in. What does that mean? Stay in my presence. Stay, which is why we do. We are, we are, we are going online um, periodically and we are doing a spontaneous worship. Stay in God's presence. Stay inside. Pivot. Your protection depends on it. Your protection depends on it. So the pivoting doesn't just affect the future. It protects you from the present. From the present. Why? Because the plague, the plague does not respect class. The plague does not respect class. The, the, the plague does not respect color. The plague does not respect um, nationality. The plague only respects the blood. Only respects the blood. When I see the blood, I will pass over you. And the plague shall not be upon you to destroy you. And that is huge. That is huge. That alone, that alone is worthy of just basking in God's presence. And that blood is the blood of the covenant. It's the covenant between God and man. So, at this time, more than ever before, you need to stand upon that covenant of Christ. You need to invoke, enforce the covenant of Christ and stand on the precious and eternal blood of Jesus. When I see the blood, not when I see your cars, you, the cars you park in your garage, the plague will go over the Bentleys and still slap the owner of the Bentley. The plague will go over the G-Wagons and still slap the owner of the G-Wagon. The plague came into the palace and struck Pharaoh. But when I see the blood, the plague got to, the, to Goshen, got to the, and saw the blood. You see, listen, it doesn't matter who is behind the door. You see, which is why, if you're not a Christian today, you need to begin to have Christian friends that you can go and hide in their houses or come under their covering. You need to have Christian friends that can provide by house, not necessarily physical house, but provide a, a covering, a cover for you. Why? Because it doesn't matter. Even foreigners, the, the Bible says, even if foreigners are behind the door, I will see the blood and I will pass over you and the plague shall not be on you to destroy you. This is the finest hour of the church. The world had better be your friend. Had <laughs> better be your friend. By the time we look at verse 7 of Exodus 11, back up one chapter, Exodus 11, 
Um, Exodus 11 verse 7. It says, But against none of the children of Israel shall a dog move his tongue. <laughs> the dog will not even bark. Everything will be at peace with God's people. Against man or beast that you may know that the Lord does make a difference between his people and the people of the world. Listen, God so loved the world that he gave his son. So if you are not saved here, Jesus is not the Lord of your life. What are you waiting for? What exactly are you waiting for? This is your time to get saved. Absolutely and totally. However, God is saying, I love the world. I gave Jesus to the world. But when it comes to plagues, I separate my people from the rest. When it comes to plagues, I separate the people that are known by my name from the rest. And if you come under their covering, you'll be fine too. Because when I see the blood, I will pass over and the plague shall not be upon you. Ah, we spent a lot of time on pivots. Okay, so let's go to prepare. 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 Exodus 12, 11. And this is huge. Read it there on, but I'm going to draw attention to what God is saying here. Exodus 12, 11. It says, And thus shall you eat it, with your belt on your waist, your sandals on your feet, and your staff in your hand, so shall you eat it in haste. It is the Lord's Passover. So while you are in, while you are pivoted, while, while, while you are, you've gone into his presence, while you've gone inside and you're pivoted, it's time to prepare your belt on your waist. I'm going to explain what that means. Your sandals on your feet. I'm going to explain what that means. Your staff in your hands. I'm going to explain what that means. We were born for this. We were made for this. We were made for this. We were made for this. The belt on your waist talks about preparing and covering those among you that are weak so that your shame is not evident to the world. I say that again. On a personal note and on, as a church, your belt, if you wear a pant or trousers as we know it, and you don't have belt, what will happen to your trousers? <laughs> if you go down, you will be embarrassed. So, so God is saying that there are people amongst us that are weak. We are to cover them. There are people even right now that are afraid. They are jittery. We are to cover them so that our shame is not evident to the world. As a church, by the grace of God, God's favorite house. That's what we are going to do and that's what we are doing. On the individual level, the same thing. You need to prepare. That's on a faith level, corporately and individually. Financially, corporately and individually, you need to prepare. People are stocking up. 
Did you know that the average American cannot live more than two weeks? The percentage is scary without a paycheck. The average American cannot live more than two weeks without a paycheck. You know, we've been talking about making sure you can live six months, one year, even if you don't have an income. Remember, thinking wise, thinking clearly about your finances. If you have been doing, we thought that series about four years ago. If you have been doing that by now, even if you don't have any income for the next one year, you'll be fine. You should be fine. But God says, Femi, I know some people will still not do it. Like, like the, the Bible, the poor you will have with you always. God wants us to come together and protect our own. So there are people that are unable to feed more than two weeks. Two weeks is even too far. There are certain people, you know, we are talking about the country like the U.S. has a lot of resources, yet the average person cannot, doesn't, cannot go beyond two weeks paycheck without being in financial bankruptcy and trouble. Talk less of our nation that, you know, the poverty index is amazing. We are trusting that God will turn it around for good. So, your belt is none of us is as safe as all of us. We have reached out to the leaders, ministers and pastors. We are also reaching out to life group leaders. I'm going to reach out to the to the um, um, to the church. I'm doing that now. <laughs> you know, we are to pull our common wealth in, a, in such a way, together in such a way that nobody in God's favorite house goes hungry because of this plague. Prepare. We are to minister and have an internal delivery system. Now you say, oh, Pastor, if people hear that God's favorite house is, uh, is taking care of um, <laughs> the people, Will, won't everybody come and everything? Well, the point is, we know those that are our own. <laughs> yeah, we have our own way. We know the people that are our own. So, and those will be the people that have the priority for provision and for comfort. Praise the name of, of the Lord. Do I, do I get an amen? Is anybody excited about that? Amen. Cool. Now, that is one. Your sandals on your feet talks about we have to be missional. We, yes, there's a pandemic, but we have to be missional. We have to be missional. Ah, okay. Our time is up. We have to be missional. <laughs> In other words, we have to prepare to respond to the needs of the community, of the world, and that's where that comes in. How do we feed the hungry? There are people that are going to be sick. How do we minister the healing power of Jesus to them? I don't believe that Christians should not pray for the sick. I believe that Christians should pray for those that are, if we have people that have coronavirus, I believe that Christians should pray for them to be healed. I believe so very strongly. Praise the name of the Lord. 
Um, I need to know if everything is okay at um, on the on the Instagram feed. Are we? Is everything okay on the Instagram feed? Uh, if it is, just someone should let me know. Is everything okay on the Instagram feed? Someone should give me a thumbs up so that I know that everything is okay on the Instagram feed. Yeah, I mean, something is wrong. Anyway, so get on YouTube if you have a problem because I need to wrap this up. Now, Oh yes, everything is okay. 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 Fantastic. Okay, fine. <clears throat> so that's the internal delivery system. That's the internal delivery system. So the belt on your waist, then the sandals on your feet. We have to respond, we have to prepare. We have to prepare to respond. We need to be anointed like never before. We have, I believe that, I mean, come on. Jesus was wounded for our transgressions. It was, it, was, it was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement that brought us peace was upon him. And by his wounds, we were healed. We were healed even of this pandemic in the name of Jesus. So everyone that is sick will come to God's movie house or will meet someone in God's movie house and they will be healed. Do I get an Amen. Thank you for everyone that gave me a thumbs up. Thank you. Do I get an amen? Everyone. And we need to prepare for that. We, I'm praying. I'm trusting God for, for guidance. We, you should be praying too. We are praying. We are praying. And we trust that there will be an outbreak of the revival of the Holy Spirit in, in the land. But one major thing before I go to, to execute is that we should not waste this crisis. Don't waste the crisis. You know, you can go through something that God wants to, to be for your good. And because you are not responding properly, boom, it's taken away. And when that thing is gone, you've not learned the lesson. People go through pain and they don't get the, 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 the lessons of the pain. So they have to go through the pain again. This crisis is a huge opportunity for us and we must not waste the crisis. You know, if you look at um, Revelations 9, I think 20, to Revelations 9, 20, Revelations 9, 20 says something very, um, well, I would say interesting. <clears throat> you know, it says, now listen to this. It says, but the rest of mankind who were not killed by the plagues did not repent of the works of their hands that they should not worship demons, idols of gold, silver, brass, bones, wood, which can neither hear nor walk. So there was a plague. And God usually uses plague or allows plague to draw people's attention. 
And God is saying, there are people in the world, even after this plague, that they will say, oh, it's our science. Oh, you know, we can go back to uh, um, all the idolatry or whatever they have been, we've been doing, you know. But God is saying, don't waste the plague. Don't waste the crisis. Don't wait. The crisis is supposed to catapult you into a desirable future. Again, there's so much to be said about that. But I'm sure you're getting the big picture, and that is the objective of this. We're going to unpack it as we go on and break it down, you know. And the third is execute. Is execute. So we so the how do you respond? We've explained what the plague is, and we are looking at how to respond. We said PPE. P is what? The first P is to pivot. The second P is to plan or prepare. The, the third thing is E is to execute. Is to execute. So I'm going to read very quickly. Numbers 11, sorry, number 16, 46. Number 16, 46. It says that, And Moses said to Aaron, Quick, take an incense burner and place burning coals on it. From the altar, lay incense on it and carry it out among the people to purify them and make them right before the Lord. Now, the Lord's anger is blazing against them. The plague has already begun. Aaron did as Moses, Moses told him, ran out among the people. The plague had already begun to strike down the people. And But Aaron burned the incense and purified the people, he stood between the living and the dead. And the Bible says, and the plague stopped. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, this plague will stop. As we even proceed in it, as God's children take their place, this plague will stop. As we pronounce before the God of heaven, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, this plague will stop. Now this plague that Moses uh, told Iran to stop, over 14,000 people have died that quickly. Imagine the number of deaths we've, 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 we've recorded in the world. So we need to execute like everyone. We need to take what good um, solution and take it to the people and stop the plague. We need to take a prophetic place in the spirit. We need to build altars in the spirit. We need to be missional as a church. We need to be the feet and the hands and feet of Jesus, not hiding in the closet. We need to be out there in people's faces and pray for the sick. Do I get an amen? Amen. <laughs> Why? Because the, the, the word of God says in 2 Chronicles chapter 7, verse 12 to 14. 2 Chronicles, 2 Chronicles, 2 Chronicles 7, 12 to 14 says, Then the Lord appeared to Solomon by night and said to him, I have heard your prayer and I have chosen this place for myself. That is the place of the presence of God in Christ. If you're in Christ, God has chosen you for, your, for himself. Do I get an amen? Verse 13 says, When I shut the heaven, 
and there's no rain, or command the locusts to devour the land, like we saw in, in, in East Africa this same year, or send pestilence or plague among the people, like we are seeing today. It says, if my people who are called by my name shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, his people are in wicked ways. He says, then I will hear from heaven. I will forgive their sins and I will heal their land. Not I will hear from heaven and I will punish their sins and their wicked ways. He says, I will hear from heaven, I will forgive their sins and I will heal their land. So you see the progression. Again, I will unpack this another time. If my people that are called by my name, the solution is always with the church, will humble themselves. People are too arrogant. Christians are too proud. In fact, I, I can't even talk about that even right now. There's no another time. And seek my face and turn from their wicked ways. My people, wicked ways. Send oxymoron. His I will hear from heaven. Forgive the sins. Heal the land. God will hear us from heaven. He will forgive our sins and He will heal our land in the name of Jesus. And in execute, I, I want to wrap up now. The virus and this plague, this coronavirus, COVID-19, is not really the disaster. It's not. The disaster will actually begin when this plague is over. When this plague is over, the people that will have lost their jobs, the economies that will have gone under when this plague is over, the people that will have lost loved ones, how will they be consoled when this plague is over? When this plague is over, the marriages that will have disintegrated because people are in their faces. <laughs> you know, when, when this plague is over, so the church has to be positioned. There will be a lot of healing that will be required when, the, when this plague is over. And you and I, God wants us to be the healing hands and legs of Jesus. There will be a lot of deliverances that will be required when this plague is over. There will be a lot of breakthroughs that will be required when this plague is over. But when this plague is over, like I said, if you pivot properly, if you pivot well and pivot properly, like God wants you to, you will ride the waves. The wind will be under your feet. You will, you will, instead of being in poverty by the time this plague is over, you will multiply your millions by the time this plague is over because God will teach you what to do. While people are losing their job, and I'm not minimizing that a lot of people are hurting, 
A lot of people will lose their jobs. But you see, for some people, if you're in God, you when you lose your job, then God will tell you what to do. That will change your destiny. Do you believe that? The job that you are, you are on anyway, I mean, it's, it's, it's not your calling. So, you might as well lose it. I know, it's tough, but hey, you thank me later when you become a billionaire. <laughs> for some of us, the businesses we are in, for instance, I mean, if you're in cleaning business, when this plague is over, you're going to have too much to do. Your business is going to skyrocket. If, if you like to invest money, mm -hmm. when this plague is over, everything will be crashed, will have crashed. In fact, it's probably the, a good time to begin to, to invest. And once it's crashed, there's only one way it can go back up. When this plague is over. So think about it. Position yourself. Pivot. Prepare. And get ready to execute. Pivot. Prepare. And get ready to execute. As I say over you now in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, that according to Psalm 90 verse 10, that no evil will conquer you. No evil will come near you. And no plague will come near your home. No plague will come near your children in the name of Jesus. Think about it. Pivot, prepare, then execute. Psalm 60, verse 1 to 3 says, Arise, Ulufemi Munayim. Arise, God's favorite house. Let your light shine for all to see. For the glory of the Lord rises upon you. Darkness as black as night covers all the nations of the earth. But, I must say, but, but <laughs> the glory of the Lord rises and appears over you. All nations will come to your light, God's favorite house. All nations will come to your light. Mighty kings will come to see your radiance in the name of Jesus. And so shall it be in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Thank you for listening to this. I want to encourage you to share this resource with your family and friends. God bless you.